0: Hi, friends. Thanks for your patience. You might have noticed there was no new episode last week, and that's because I came down with COVID. Yay, fun. But prior to that, we had this great conversation with the brilliant Melina Williams-Haas that I'm really excited to share with you today. There is a content note, though. Some of the things we discuss in this episode include very taboo forms of kink, including race play, and some racial slurs were used in examples Melina gave us of this type of play. So if that's going to be hard for you to hear, I totally understand, and I will put the time codes in the episode description so you can skip them. Take care of yourself, and hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Dildorks Dorky Discourse on sex, dating, and masturbating. My name is Kate Sloan. I'm a sex journalist, a sex blogger, and a longtime submissive. Who are you, friend?
1: I'm Billy. I'm a Sex educator and porn maker, and uh, also the longtime submissive. Because I never (laughs) think of a third thing. I'm real bad at it. (laughs) (laughs) You
0: did it. It's okay. Uh, We're we're excited to talk submission and other things with our guest today, who is a storyteller, writer, performer, actor, BDSM educator, model, and muse. With over 25 years of experience in the kink scene, she is the author of the Toy Bag Guide to Playing with Taboo, the co-author of Playing Well with Others. And one of the subjects of the amazing documentary, "The Artist and the Pervert," along with her husband, the Austrian composer Georg Friedrich Haas, we are so thrilled to welcome a longtime dream guest of ours, Melina Williams Haas, to the show. Hi, Melina. Yay. Hi. <laughs> I'm so glad to be here. And I have to give
2: you thirty thousand points for pronouncing Georg's name. That's a, That's a people <laughs> usually like what the Jory Georg. And yeah, I'm Like they, <laughs> if they are sound of music fans, and like you know, like hmm. Georg von
0: Trapp. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, I did want to practice it a little bit beforehand to make sure I got it right. Um, So I know that the sort of latest thing that you've launched of your many various projects is this, uh, the Kink Doula project. And I would love to hear from you sort of what that is, what made you want to launch it, and what kinds of things you're offering as the Kink Doula. Yeah.
2: Well, it's interesting because for so many years, I have been doing lectures and educating. And every once in a while, someone would come to me and say, You know, I really think I would love to do a consultation with you. And then because I have the self esteem of a giant paper tiger, I'm <laughs> always just like, Yeah, that'd be
3: great. Ah, and
2: then run away because I like, I can't tell people. And the things with this stuff. But over the years, I I, I kind of got worn down and I take a lot of pride in the fact that I have been around and I have the longevity that I have because a lot of people sort of Mm -hmm. come and go and I realized I started building up my self-esteem just by saying look if you can do this for two and a half decades Mm -hmm. and still have a pretty clear reputation and still have people who are inviting you to do the things that you love to do, maybe you can move closer to that. Mm -hmm. And last year, I was assisting Barbara Carellas at one of her Urban Tantra retreats. And she basically does these trainings for folks who do any sort of body work, or any sort of sexological work, or any sort of anything, where learning how to help people breathe and get into their bodies, and, and practice these sorts of disciplines might be helpful Mm -hmm. and so I have been an assistant in these trainings for years now Mm -hmm. and at the end of the training we have what's called a little taster so folks can practice some of the techniques they have picked up over the course of the week and there was someone there who had lived with fibromyalgia for many years and who had also had a car accident and had been very afraid to play with intense physical sensation Mm -hmm. and she came to me and said Um, I would love to explore this with you. She told me a bit of her story. And so I said, okay, well, let's, let's try to see what we can do. And I wanted to do not like a quote unquote scene because Mm -hmm. that wasn't really what I thought was appropriate, but I said, well, let me see just sort of where I go spiritually with this and getting into like my little woo, my little woo brain. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. so I did a, a, a sensation play scene with her that started off very loving and very nurturing and then eventually grew in intensity And there was a point where just the energy flow was so intense and I started shaking and she was shaking and the person who was assisting in the scene was crying and we're all just having this intense transformational experience. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: And then when we were decompressing and talking about it, she, you know, the next day said, "I, I feel like I have this new aspect of myself that has just been revealed and sort of just come up for me thank Mm -hmm. you so much and i was like yeah i kind of feel like some sort of like you know doula helping people like come into their whatever and then like lightning bolt and the the the, 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 the head and i was like oh my god i'm totally gonna be a kink doula you guys and i said it sort of as a joke but then people sort of heads whipped around and were like oh 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 where do i set up and and then i asked a woman who is a doula birth doula i said am i stepping on toes Mm -hmm. if i Mm -hmm. utilize this Phrase because people think of birth doulas and i said and now more to a certain extent death doulas
3: Mm -hmm. but
2: i was a little bit concerned because years back when i first started thinking maybe i was going to do coaching a lot of people in the quote-unquote coaching community were like you can't call yourself a coach you don't have a certification and i was Mm -hmm. like at the time i could not afford to spend five grand uh right to be taught how to tell people what to fucking do right
1: Also <laughs> to have opinions which right. is essentially coaching oh my gosh anyway
2: and then what she said was well doula means woman who serves so and i was like what how did i not fucking know that how did i miss this entire fucking time hmm. nobody took so i said i'm fucking grabbing that and running and yeah. that's where we are
1: <laughs> yeah I I really love that because like that was also my reaction when I, I heard that that was what you're like kind of calling this section of the things that you do because yeah. it like it's very evocative of a certain feeling right Exactly. and yeah. like it came to mind two things like one part of my work is um like I, I like to think of my work as very much being like a beacon of permission and being out mm-hmm. there doing the thing loudly so people can yes. see that it can be done right oh yes but on the other side on like my personal life and like on dating apps and stuff i've literally like <laughs> met people who see me doing the thing that i do loudly and are like yeah. i would love to learn about kink and like <laughs> my reflex is always like i'm i'm not here to midwife you into your kink journey like i'm right. not here to i'm here to do the fun thing that's what right. i do professionally right <laughs> and like So it just kind of encapsulated both those feelings for me of like, yeah, no, there are people who like, need this kind of guided tour into this thing of what they're doing. And like, that is a space that I do love to create with people who are like, really excited and going to be really engaged and going to ask the interesting questions and things. So like, I don't know. It was just really exciting to me to see you kind of creating that space in this professional sphere, especially as an educator who I've like respected for a while and Yay. who is probably doing really cool things with it. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And it seems like that, that
2: it really did open up because uh, I already immediately had people, you know, writing and saying, let me do my little 15 minute thing. Let me see this and this and that. So it's it landed with a resounding yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, is what I felt. Yeah, Yeah. it was really uh, eye-opening for me to read through all the different things that you're offering on your website. And one of the things that stuck out to me is you mentioned sort of the intense sensations like you were just describing in that mm-hmm. sensation play scene and sort of the psychodrama of BDSM mm-hmm. as yeah. being helpful if you're feeling alienated from your body. Yes. And this is something that I've been thinking about a lot lately, like especially over the course of this pandemic. So many people have been <laughs> stuck at home. We've been mm-hmm. socializing mainly online. Mm-hmm. It makes complete sense to me that this is something that people would be struggling with is this sort of alienation from your body. And I yes. wondered if you had advice like in general for people who who are feeling that way and and maybe want to tiptoe back into their bodies through something like kink? I would
2: say the first and best thing to do is to work on your (laughs) self-permissioning. I don't know if that's (laughs) that's a word, but it's very easy for us as humans to feel like we don't necessarily deserve. And um, Mm. what's very interesting Furthermore than that is the assumption that the, that this is something that impacts only marginalized folks and it doesn't this is so universal this mm-hmm. is one of the times where race class gender all of those things fall aside because the planet was involved in this shift in how we interact
3: and mm-hmm. in
2: how we relate and also how we relate with ourselves our bodies have felt like they are in danger for the past few years so we have to think about the fact that we've been activated for years yeah You know now, and that's a lot to cope with. And so, to get back into your body first, and I hate to use the terms like "Eh, self-care, take a bath, whatever, (laughs) but like, take more time. Do some conscious masturbating. Like, like, set aside an afternoon for yourself. Lights and candles. Mm -hmm. Get some freaking incense if that's Mm -hmm. your stick. Get some good snacks. You know, Mm -hmm. throw on like the hottest porn you have, and just spend time getting off because that's that's one of the first things. It's one of the best things we can do by ourselves. Mm
3: -hmm. I feel.
2: And so that's my first advice is to see where you are sexually, where your needs are, and then to be gentle with re-entry and to set small social goals, to set small emotional goals for yourself so that you can reach back out at a pace that's good for you. Because the other thing that people, conversely, there's a lot of people who love the pandemic socially because they didn't have to go out and do shit. <laughs> yeah. So the fact that mm. doing things online has become not just permitted, but actually, preferable in some instances the fact that I can have a doctor's appointment uh, online is magical to me because how many times have we felt like we were spending time that was unnecessary doing things that we didn't have to do so I feel like a lot has been pared away Mm -hmm. and we're all very raw and I think what we have to do is give ourselves room to figure out where we need to heal Mm -hmm. and what we can do to do that and sometimes it's more socialization sometimes it's less but I will stand by my idea that it's first and foremost got to be about you taking care of your body and feeling good in it and feeling that it is worthy of attention affection love and 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 human contact if that's what you what you want and what you desire Mm -hmm. and so building back into that and giving yourself permission to be self-indulgent for example Mm -hmm. you know um as a as someone who identifies as submissive and very service-oriented it's oftentimes really hard for me to accept care
3: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm from
2: other people. And you know, I'll give the perfect example. My my husband's super into like threesomes and group sex and everything else and I'm like this is distracting and <laughs> logistically different difficult and <laughs> you have no idea you're like let's have a gangbang i'm like do you understand the logistics God. of a gangbang
1: <laughs> i planned a 10 person trans guy gangbang on film like last week and i was like oh. how do i fit these bodies together <laughs> and there were spreadsheets it was a whole thing anyway
2: like, okay like ass tetris
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. wild tetras <laughs> perfect <laughs>
2: And and so, you know, we have a friend who, you know, we loop into when we are like, okay, threesome time, we're in the same city, let's lift this up and do it. But I, re- I wasn't having the excitement that I wanted to have about it. And when I sat with myself, I said, you know what, I realized what I want is to not have to do anything.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: I was like, I want to pillow queen the shit out of this. Like, you can do what you want, but I am not lifting a finger unless I feel like it.
3: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
2: And my owner was like, great, of course, because he spoils me rotten. And our friend was like, yay, of course, because, you know, he likes that.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: so I literally just had hours of just laying back and being like, yes, worship my body. <laughs> and it was amazing. And I was like, yeah. you know what? That's what I want. But the the, the psychological baggage that came with that was outrageous, this was not non-consensual. I didn't force anyone. I didn't even have to fucking ask twice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but and asking once was hard. I bet
2: it was so hard because I was just ready to be judged. And then I thought, like, I was like, I I don't judge that. Like, I've always looked on that sort of dynamic with envy. Like, how awesome must it be to be able to say this is what I want and then get it. Mm-hmm. And so that was so liberating and so awesome. And what I realized also is that someone giving you like a 40 minute insanity orgasm <laughs> mm-hmm. that also does a little something for them. You know, like they're high five and <laughs> two. They're like, yeah, look at this bitch yeah. squirm. She can't stop. She's like, oh, here's
3: another one. Ah! <laughs> yeah.
2: Like mm-hmm. no one is mad. No one left that experience feeling taken advantage of or like their needs weren't met. -hmm. And so it was it was such a it was such a lab experiment on practicing what you preach in terms of manifesting your best experiences Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and giving yourself permission to say the shit that maybe seems weird or maybe seems problematic because the weirder shit gets, the more no one cares. (laughs) Right? Mm -hmm. Like at one point I was like, okay, so I want to watch some technical anime porn while I'm eating the snack and you eat my ass. And everyone's like, uh, which side of the bed do I have to go on? Like,
3: <laughs> no. Everyone's just like,
2: do you need a tarp? Is the food messy? Like no one is judging,
3: mm-hmm. okay?
2: Right, like, and, and, and yet, even after a lifetime, because I have been like, I was like the sex weirdo in like junior high school. So I have mm-hmm. been, I have a long history of being that kid.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: And yet, and this is why I put myself out there because regardless of how, how much agency you think you have, for a lot of us, there's a little tiny voice inside that's like, you don't deserve it.
3: Mm-hmm. You yeah.
2: haven't earned it.
3: Mm-hmm. They're
2: only doing that because they pity you.
3: Mm-hmm. You know, like
2: all those, all those negative voices, all that unpleasant fucking energy, which totally sucks. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... Kate, I, I can see Kate also having feelings. I don't want to cut you off if you want to say <laughs> things. No, I, just, We're both like, <laughs>
0: that, I love the story about the about the Pillow Princess threesome. And I think it plays really nicely into a question that one of our listeners had for you, which was yeah. about like being in a, a 24-7 DS dynamic. And what if you sometimes have needs that like don't appear to fit into like how that dynamic would traditionally look? And it's exactly right. what you're talking about, about sometimes wanting caretaking and i think that like one of the things that i've really taken away from your work is that 24 7 ds dynamics are sustainable because i think like there's mm-hmm. so much discourse in the community and outside of the community like around it about how like that can't possibly be sustainable like either it'll sort of fall by the wayside or right uh it'll just be too demanding of everybody involved and right i guess like overall i'm wondering like do you think 24 7 ds dynamics are sustainable and like how do you keep one strong i I think the bullshit of people kneeling
2: and crawling and presenting and posturing is not sustainable they're right Mm -hmm. the appearance of power exchange is not sustainable Mm -hmm. the idea of uh uh an intense 24-7 relationship where the slave has no agency, where the master is always in control, yada, yada. They're correct. That is not sustainable. But that's not what consensual MS and DS is. Mm -hmm. Consensual master-slave relationships, consensual dominant and submissive relationships, in my opinion, are simply folks who have made an agreement Mm -hmm. to how their relationship is structured And within that structure, there's room for whatever you need. Like people say it's not sustainable. I'm like, then don't do the unsustainable shit. (laughs) Boom, fucking solved, right? Like, Mm -hmm. what are you doing that's not sustainable? Look at it and think about it. Mm -hmm. And the reality is my owner, who is also my husband, therefore known as the spouse meister, (laughs) has a vested interest in my being awesome. Mm -hmm. And whatever it takes for me to be awesome, he's going to facilitate. And that doesn't make him not my owner it means that that is how our relationship is treated and mm-hmm. there's all sorts of workarounds like let's say you do really love that hardcore high intensity nearly in a corner locked in a cage blah, blah 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 I had friends who really did dig that and the thing is that they're the minority and they know it they're like well not a lot of people want to do this because it's a lot of work but that's mm-hmm. the core of their fetish is that work
3: mm-hmm. and mm-hmm.
2: so people look at those folks and think that's how it's done. like no that's how they do it
3: Mm-hmm. But
2: in that relationship They would have something called porch time And so by default once a week They'd go onto the porch And the porch was free for all space On the porch The 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 rank, the thing, the, the mastery Whatever was left behind
3: mm-hmm.
2: And they would have human talks And she was able to request porch time Off of their normal days If needed
3: mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm.
2: And so their dynamic was sustainable Because both of them had access To essentially timeouts hmm Where it wasn't about the dynamic and it wasn't about kneeling, you know, with your legs spread at a 45 degree angle, (laughs) eyes downcast and whatever the fuck else. Mm -hmm. And what people need to remember is that it's tough for dominance tops and masters too, Mm
3: -hmm. because
2: they are human and fallible and have feet of clay like everybody fucking else. And Mm -hmm. it can be very easy for submissives and slaves to sort of deify these folks and make them perfect and make it so that if they stumble, suddenly their whole world falls apart. Mm-hmm. And and this is part of the reason why um, Derek Friedman was really very passionate about wanting to share his story because he has a lot of issues. He's got, like, steamer trunks of baggage mm-hmm. <laughs> he came along with, you know, as a survivor of insane amounts of abuse inside of his family and external to his family. Um, his, his family, his parents were second-generation Nazis.
1: Mm-hmm. Not like... Which is like...
2: Not like... Not like neo Nazis, they were Nazi Nazis, right? right? Like they were the they were the OG. <laughs> um, and so, to have someone who went from having a a, a strict upbringing of hatred and racism and bigotry mm-hmm. to someone whose life work is about creating art and about making difficult art and about questioning mm-hmm. status quo's around music and art and and blurring the line between the personal, the political, and the artistic. Mm-hmm. Is what he really wants to do and to reveal that, yeah, you know, like he has serious anxiety disorders. He, you know, we talked about the fact that he started taking Prozac because he was having meltdowns. And to talk about the fact that as a slave, there have been a couple times I've had to, you know, sit on him and shake him to get him
3: back. And mm-hmm. if you are the
2: type of, su- of of submissive who can't see themselves, you know, doing that, then you would not be right for this relationship.
3: mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
2: And this is what I tell people. I said, slavery doesn't look like you locked in a cage somewhere. Slavery looks like you living your best life in service to someone else.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And whatever that looks like. We have a contract and there's stuff in the contract, but it's like a page. It's basically like basic respect shit because we like to, we're like, we're going to have a contract. It's going to be super cool. <laughs> but the reality is my basic overarching thing is make his life awesome.
3: Mm-hmm. That's Mm -hmm. the
2: foundation of my slavery and to do whatever it takes to make that happen. Mm -hmm. Because the idea that it's about stuff, it's about what you do. I have very strong feelings in the fuck that realm.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: You know, like (laughs) if you walk into a restaurant and you saw two people sitting there and one person is cutting up the food and portioning it and feeding it to the other person, who's the dominant? (laughs) Is it the person who is deciding what the other person eats? That's dominant. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or is it the person who is sitting back and being served? That's dominant. Mm -hmm. So it's about the intention. If Mm -hmm. the intention is I do this in service, then it is part of my submission,
3: Mm -hmm. period. Mm -hmm. If
2: he does something that is caretaking of me, it is part of his dominance, Mm-hmm. You know, people – you can own a horse and run it into the ground and put it away wet, but you're a fucking idiot if you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you better fucking brush that horse. You better take care of it. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and this is what I tell dominance. I'm like, you can run us hard and put us away wet, but eventually we're going to kick the stable door open and wander the fuck off. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I, oh, you've set up, like, three different things I want to talk about. <laughs> you know, oh, so many tangents. So yeah. my first quick note also about sus- this sustainability thing Yeah is that, like, the implication with saying something isn't sustainable is saying that it is going to look identical for the duration of the time that you're doing mm-hmm. it. Oh, right. And, yeah. like, I've never had vanilla... Re- I've never had vanilla relationship. So, <laughs> but, like, I've never seen a re- <laughs> vanilla relationship that, like, lasted that way yeah. either. No. You know what I mean? Like, anything that's long-term is built to evolve. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So that makes sense to me. But, uh, and and secondarily, in talking about, like how taking care of yourself is part of your service. That's actually one of the bigger takeaways I've taken from your work and a thing i reference in one of my workshops and credit you with and whatever. Um, But, um, but like my, and my version of that, which is kind of like you were talking about a thing that I teach that like my partner then quotes at me and is like, Hey, maybe do the thing that you teach sometimes. (laughs) Um, The like, um, an extension of that caring for yourself thing is that reminding myself that not that as expressing a desire or a want or any of that is not a demand for action from anyone around you, mm. which like is tough as a service oriented submissive. And also just as a fucking human in the world. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. um, so Especially in a capitalist world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, a lot of what you were talking about there was just, having me think about that as well um last thing i had i was thinking about that um when you were talking about supporting your dominance mm-hmm. um it actually kind of sets me up for a question i had um because i fairly switchy have spent some time on the top side of slash primarily a bottom mm-hmm. um and i like to bottom some relatively heavy kink things a lot of stuff playing with taboo cnc that sort of stuff right um and a lot, especially recently, I've one I've been thinking a lot about how I can support like my partners and my dominance and the people I play with in feeling comfortable being that guy and sitting yeah. in that space. Cause like the two people I submit to most often uh both come at this from very different angles. So my partner is a black trans guy who is like roughly my size, mm-hmm. who is rarely asked to be the big scary guy and mm-hmm. hasn't had a lot of like practice being that flavor of dominant <laughs> yeah. and is also like, I'm not big. I'm five, six ish. I'm not big. I don't. Right. Um, so they have like, that angle of like all of that. And the other person I submit to most often is like a six foot something cis guy who is like, feels obviously, or not, don't me to put words in anyone's mouth, but like, <laughs> can very, I can very easily see how it can be really complicated to inhabit the bad guy that, Absolutely. do often large cis men can be, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. um, and do really mean things to the tiny trans duty adores, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, like, please do that, though. Um, yes. So basically, this is, like, a question both in, like, how can I support these people? And also, self, like, and help them feel comfortable supporting those, desi- like, expressing those desires and right. sitting in that space. Right. Both to support them and selfishly, because I would like <laughs> them to hurt me a lot. And
2: <laughs> I would say, first of all, size has very little to do with terror. Yes. Because, oh, my God. I because, like, so there's fewer things more terrifying than a mad chihuahua. And actually, <laughs> I think small dog breeds are the bitiest. Like, in terms mm-hmm. of when you look at the statistics for who's biting humans, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. never like pit bulls at the top. It's always like <laughs> terriers and chihuahuas and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, first and foremost, find your tiny terror. Like, find the ways <laughs> that your your physicality is scary because mm-hmm. it doesn't size is not the thing. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: It's not mm-hmm. the thing. Like one of the most terrifying people I've ever bought them to was this little five foot, nothing, little tiny, like, you know, little slip of a nothing blunt chick. Mm-hmm. Like I was like a little tiny white girl, fuck me up so bad. I was just like, <laughs> Holy crap. You know? Cause she mm-hmm. had like a fucking box of needles and all night. <laughs> <Love that. laughs> And she was a physical therapist and she oh. was a switch. And therefore she's like at the top of the pyramid of evil.
3: Oh yeah. <laughs> right? Oh yeah.
2: Like, I have this theory and I've been expounding it and I, I have yet to have anyone argue it. So you know how this is. No one agrees about anything in the community, mm-hmm. but I have said this in like eight different countries for like 20 years now. I know there's no hierarchy of evil or badness in the community. However, if there was <laughs> at the, at the apex of evil would be female identified switches
1: Hmm. Yeah, I will. I would expand it to include NBS, but I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. Because like <laughs> the, some of the meanest people I have bottomed to are like queer trans switches in general, the teeny tiny ones. Yes, they are the most creative. Yes. They will, like, fuck your shit up. I... Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah.
2: But what's, what's the most important thing to remember with this is the aftercare mm-hmm. for the tops. And mm-hmm. it's sometimes really difficult, especially if someone's just spent any amount of time fucking you up.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You might not want to hold them and tell them it's okay. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things I recommend, especially if you're doing a scene that is too purpose difficult,
3: mm-hmm. is
2: to have someone you brought into the scene... Uh, uh, s- s- emotionally, mm-hmm. who can provide the aftercare for the for the for the person who was the perpetrator, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So that someone can immediately grab them and go, "You're good. You're good. Mm-hmm. It's okay. They still love you. They just need a minute <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mm-hmm. to get their shit together." Because that initial sort of coming off of the roller coaster is where a lot of emotional landmines are, and mm-hmm. this is speaking from personal experience. It can be too late the day after. Mm. if you have not reconnected with them to let them know that that it's all right Mm -hmm. and that they you don't believe that they are this evil terrible person because this is the reality if someone is not like a cold violent sociopath and they do cold violent sociopathic shit they're going to start to question their own boundaries and that's Mm -hmm. that's a human thing and so to Mm -hmm. have the person to whom the evil shit was done turn around and say we good we good (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's and if there's a, a gap between that that can be really tough mm-hmm. um so one of the tips that i give is try to have someone who knows about the sea who knows what's going on who can provide that support for the top getting it mm-hmm. as the bottom is a little bit easier because generally people are like oh this is oh you went through so much oh my god but people don't necessarily crowd around the top and do that mm-hmm. um, so having that reconnection is really important And establishing before you go into the scene that you are, you know, do that like fucking eye gazing shit where you look into each other's souls and remember that you care about each other. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is the foundation of the horror. Mm -hmm. And this is what enables me to call myself a slave when I'm living in a body that has hundreds of years of history of chattel slavery, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because what I'm doing as much as it might share a name in some ways has absolutely nothing to do with chattel slavery because I initiated this relationship. I have needs that are met through this relationship. I have the agency to decide what the parameters of slavery and submission look like for me,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and then fall into that. You know, When I first met Spouse Meister, I was making a joke because so often in my previous relationships, the first thing a dominant wants to do once you're in service to them is clean the house, do the laundry, wash the dishes, do the ironing, <laughs> I hate housework. (laughs) I have laundry trauma, okay? (laughs) Like, I grew up for a lot of my childhood living on the top floor of a six-story tenement building (laughs) where, you know, I had to drag bags of laundry for four people (laughs) down six flights of stairs, up the street, wash them, and then bring them back up six flights of stairs. That was my job between the ages of nine and 18. Wow. And I do not want to fucking do fucking laundry. Yeah. And the spouse master was like, you're my slave, not my housekeeper. <laughs> and I was like, I will marry you. <laughs> <laughs> right. But yeah. like something that is seen as a common and routine aspect of service, because I was like, that's not my shtick. And he was completely there with it.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's like,
2: I don't need you for that. We can pay someone to do that. I can't pay someone to be my property. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I can't pay someone to be my emotional support sub. I can't pay someone, right? Like this is Mm -hmm. where our love and our bond comes into play. And that's what I mean when I talk about finding the submission and slavery that's right for you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you fetishize housework, if there's nothing that excites you more than the thought of scrubbing a floor with a toothbrush (laughs) while like there's a feather duster up your butt, like that's awesome. (laughs) And I support that. My Virgo
1: asses over here like yes
2: please. (laughs)
1: On my way to clean your floorboards, it's fine.
2: (laughs) Like, and that's super awesome. But to expect that from all submissives is ridiculous. We're all different people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And like, that's getting at a thing Kate and I talk about all the time with just building your kink and your scenes and your relationships around like what you want to feel and what you want to experience before you're thinking about what the fuck you want to do. Mm -hmm. Because what you want to do kinksters are creative we can come up with any number of things we can do to get to that (laughs) feeling but if you start with the feeling the things you're going to do tend to be more creative in my experience exactly yeah
0: Hello friends, it's me again, just popping in to let you know that this week's episode of the Dildworks is sponsored by our friends Panda and HypnoStory and their HypnoKink101 online class, which you can find at pandastory.love slash 101. It's the ideal resource for someone who's curious about erotic hypnosis but doesn't know where to start, which I know is a common problem from all the emails and DMs I receive along these lines. This sliding-scale class contains five hours of foundational hypno education split up into 13 video lessons, which include live demos. They are closed-captioned, and full-text transcripts are included along with educational handouts, so there's something for everyone here, regardless of how you prefer to learn. The class creators, HypnoStory and Panda, are both neurodivergent, non-binary, queer, and polyamorous, all of which comes through in their approach to teaching, which they aim to make highly accessible. In this course you'll learn how to negotiate a hypno scene, how to do an induction and deepeners to get someone into trance, what to do with them once they're in trance, and how to wrap up your scene and do aftercare, plus so much more. It's a wonderful way to learn about this fascinating kink. You can use our code DILDORKS15, that's D I L D O R K S 1 5, to get 15% off the price of the course. Check it out at pandastory.love/101 or just click the link in our show notes. Thanks for the support. Now back to the show.
3: Yeah,
0: you were touching on the MS piece and... Uh, Something that I really, really admire about your work is your focus on edge play and taboo. And I wanted to ask you about sort of receiving pushback from the community about that, which I know is something that that you've been mm-hmm. through. And like, I've been through a smaller version of that in that, like, my main kink is daddy dom little girl stuff. And there are some people who just say unequivocally, like, you shouldn't do that because like, yeah. real child abuse exists. Um, and like, as someone who's been through some like real child abuse, I'm always kind of like, yeah, I know, babe, like, I've heard of it. Um, but uh, uh, uh. I wondered if you could speak to, like, is it possible to civilly and, and lovingly, like, be in community with people who fundamentally disagree with you about, like, whether your kinks are moral, or are those just the kind of people who you don't want to be in community with at all?
2: I would, it would be great if folks who feel that judging out loud uh, other people's kinks could be yeeted into the center of the sun, but that's not going to happen. <laughs> and so my my thing is just to be even louder and more obnoxious about it <laughs> because I spent so many years getting clobbered and the worst clobbering came from other Black people.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: that was the part that was really fucking hard. I don't like the idea that another Black woman is looking at me and saying, you are causing damage. What you are doing is harmful. Mm -hmm. Um, Your fantasies are in line with actual oppression and performing those is not okay. Mm -hmm. And getting like, initially I'd say, you know, like in the early to mid nineties, this was the position and it was grim. And I, when I came into the community in the Bay area, there were maybe two other African-American faces that I saw with any regularity. And that was it. And I decided I was just going to stick around until more, you know, I'm going to be the lichen on the rock to help the plants be able to grow. Mm-hmm. And after three, five years, there were so many more of us around and, and and I tapped into other aspects of the community and found that there were some African-American people. But a lot of a lot of black folks were sort of doing it on the down low, at home, on the side. They weren't necessarily coming into community to, to, to play. Mm-hmm. And there had been a, a black women's a black submissive and slave women's tea group that was started. And I was so excited and so thrilled. And it was so amazing until mm-hmm. they decided to throw me out because I was talking about race play. And it made several of the members uncomfortable and they took a vote and I was ousted. Mm-hmm. So to have like my colleagues,
3: mm-hmm.
2: my, like my closest colleagues say to me, you're fucked up and we don't want to sit and have a meal with you was so devastating more so than anything else. Yeah. And it was, it was incredibly painful and incredibly difficult. And it really did push me back. I was brushed back. And then I had a, a play partner of mine who contacted me, an ex-play partner and said, uh, I'm about to uh, commit a violation of privacy. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, this is some good ass tea. Like, <laughs> <Come> on. <laughs> And he said, um, I just I feel compelled to tell you uh, that one of the people who has been leading the charge against you is also a play partner of mine. And they have specifically multiple times requested exactly the type of play that they are publicly harshing you for. Wow. And he said, "I feel bad, like as a white guy, that I'm somehow interfering in like black folk shit." And I was like, "No, no, no! Please go right ahead. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> because, no, go on, because it really underscored a truth." And within a few months after that, one of the men who had been leading the charge against, you know, my talking about whatever, who was a black man who was like, "I can't see you disrespecting black women like this." Meanwhile, uh, postscript: he had three slaves, all of whom were white, but that was okay because you know essentially like a black man having few white slaves is like reparations right <laughs> and so and so this is how it looks like Like, right like he's allowed to do that but i am betraying the race if i uh have a dominant or a play partner to whom i submit who's white and it really opened my eyes and i realized that i don't know what people are doing in private
3: mm-hmm.
2: and the performative bell ringing of she's you know shame 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 <laughs> meanwhile you're doing that shit on your uh, you, as well and I was like, mm-hmm. if it's that one person, it's not just one. It's got to be more. Yeah. Statistically, mm-hmm. this is a fact. So that sort of helped me to get past it. And I also realized that I'm not doing anything wrong. Mm-hmm. I am not the, the, the bellwether for all Black people in the scene. And I said, what we need to do is to make sure that everyone understands that we all individual and unique. Because every time I talk about it, I would make this very fucking clear. You know, people are like, oh, you're teaching classes. I'm like, have you been to one of my classes? My class mm-hmm. is essentially 45 minutes of me telling you why you should not do this shit. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: With 15 minutes of okay, fine, you're gonna do it. So here's some tips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I want yeah. people to know that it is psychologically risky. Mm-hmm. And what has given me such hope? I had a, a friend of mine, Sunny Megatron, who runs her own podcast and I was on her podcast mm-hmm. and she was like, you need to get on TikTok. And I was like, oh, I don't have the intention span. Like I can't. And she said, you don't have to just post the videos, just put them there. They'll live there and then mm-hmm. it'll be sort of like a living library where people can be like, oh, well, I remember this chick said this thing about that. And be, I'm like, great, fine. Mm-hmm. So I posted a lot about the Prime Directive. I did a few on like race planks. I'm like I'm tired of talking about it. <laughs>
3: just there the you video
2: go now. Right. Yeah. And There was blowback, but what was incredible to me was that the statistical tip that has happened in the past 15 years, where Mm. the majority of people, non-kinky and kinky alike, were like, this is consensual. What is the problem? Right. Like, that's the overwhelming vibe right now. And for me to see that, like, the people who were like, you're sick, you're fucked up, were immediately dogpiled by other folks who were like, first of all, this is consensual. So I don't know what your fucking problem is. Second of all, <laughs> she seems to have a pretty awesome fucking life. She seems pretty good. <laughs> yeah, she seems okay. So if your, yeah. if your point is that she's a mess and fucked up, I'm like, I am. I'm fucked up. I'm a mess, but it's transparent. My fucked up messiness, <laughs> like, I'm, you know, I'm like, I'm not hiding anything. I'm not saying I'm, I'm, you know, this perfect beacon of slavery. I'm saying I am living my <clears throat> DS to the best of my capacity and mm-hmm. in the way that supports me the best and in the way that's the best for my owner. Like mm-hmm. what it looks like is none of your fucking business, and not your problem. Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: A lot of what you're saying has me thinking about how, in the past couple of years, there are like a there. I have found like just a lot more certainty in understanding how to articulate the things that I like and why I like them, and and all yeah. of these things, and like understanding my own nuances of kink in a way yeah. that, like, I don't know, I. A, I have that like certainty and like, uh, you're doing your own thing. I can explain to you and I know why I do this thing. So I'm okay with that. Right. And the other half of that has been frankly deciding where and when I have these conversations. Mm -hmm. Like I will talk about like wanting to be called a faggot while someone kicks the shit out of me Mm -hmm. here on this podcast where Mm -hmm. I have where I, like, know my audience and I trust my audience and I know right. they're here because they're fucking nerds and they're also thinking about the <laughs> complexities of this shit. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't have been listening to hours of me doing this if they're not, right? <laughs> right. I, don't, I don't do that in my porn so much. I don't put it on Twitter. They're not conversations I'm remotely interested in having 280 characters at a time. Yes. I'm tired. I, like, <laughs> so I've found a lot of power in, like, in my own stuff that I find complicated in just sitting in the like, no, I will take the feedback from people whose opinions I have spoken to. And I know I trust their feedback and exactly. they can tell me when I'm on some shit.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And when strangers are telling me I'm on some shit, they don't, that you don't have the context and I don't have the time to sit here and give it to you. So exactly, you, I, I don't, I don't trust your take, you know? Yeah. It is harder when it comes you're from you're trans for.
3: folks, but yeah,
0: mm-hmm. definitely. You know? Yeah, and something that comes up a lot in these conversations is sort of the idea that the reason some of these kinks are problematic to begin with is that they come from a place of trauma or some kind of psychological damage. I know that this is often said to especially people who have struggled with mental health issues or addiction. Right. Um, And it's one of my favorite questions to ask kinksters uh, who I interview is like, where do you think kinks come from, essentially? And I think that. you know, there's certainly an argument to be made that trauma can be part of it. But mm-hmm. I'm curious on, on your take on that question.
3: Yeah,
2: I think that there, there are definitely it is a multifarious locale, right, of where kinks come from. Trauma mm-hmm. definitely can inform a kink. Pleasure can inform a kink. Um, so you have both ends of the spectrum there, right? Like mm-hmm. some little kid finds a pair of stinky shoes and suddenly, like, is like, "This the mysteries of life have opened up before <laughs> me." Like, is that <laughs> traumatic? No, it is not. Um, but mm-hmm. it can be a foundational moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and sometimes, I feel that people's kinks are in place. It's just part of who you are. There's mm-hmm. not a triggering event. You know, there are people who say, "Like, I don't remember." When I first thought I was kinky, I just always have had these desires. I've been tying up Barbies since you know I was a little mm-hmm. kid. You know, I've been I've been doing like you know when I was a kid, I had like you know abduction and rape fantasy scenes with my little Star Trek figurines. Mm-hmm. You know, like there was, but Star Trek was all about rape and abduction. So
1: I like there was, there was the, plenty the kink of that. is explicit in that. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen some of those things on clips for sale, like Hello. point for point. It's this. <laughs> the original series, shit, absolutely. Not. Anyway, I'm
2: like, you watch like Space Seed, you got like, you know, Khan, Nooney, and Singh making bitches crawl across the floor and shit. Like, that was, you have Captain mm-hmm. Kirk, like, with his little collar on, being like zapped and trained I'm, with the like green the hair. The number check.
1: of whips. The number of whips. <laughs> <in that show. laughs> anyway,
2: all kinds of bondage, all kinds of, it's, it's a thing, right? And mm-hmm. so some of that is just present, it's just in the air. Mm hmm. I I personally believe that many, many more people have kinks and fetishes that they suppress Mm -hmm. than there are those of us who come up and say, you know what? I am going to explore that.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: And in the case, I was actually just talking to my therapist about this. Um, I said, for some of us, kink and some of these relationships are actually harm reduction. Mm
0: -hmm. And
2: so, you know, and like, I I love when I see my therapist start to like take notes. She's like writing super fast. I'm like, yeah, write that down. write just like down. some good shit you're getting. (laughs) Because as someone who is very service oriented, you can see where folks like us are frequently taken advantage of Mm -hmm. and are frequently steamrolled. And for us, the martyrdom, that pain of overextending ourselves can feel comfortable and can Mm -hmm. feel good and can feel like what we are accustomed to. And so to me to say, I'm going to be that person, I'm not going to try to change that because why should I? I shouldn't Mm -hmm. have to fucking change because the world sucks. Yeah. yeah. What I can do is say I'm going to be in a relationship with someone Who every time I do a thing Is like you are so precious You are so beautiful Thank you my beautiful slave yeah. Oh my mm-hmm. god I can't believe What would I do without you So I'm doing the same shit mm-hmm. But I'm being treated like a fucking goddess While I'm doing it
3: mm-hmm.
1: you And know? it exists in a container that you chose And built and exactly. like negotiated yeah. yeah
2: That's my shit oh. And I am also responsible for maintaining it As much as as much as my owner is Mm -hmm. and that exchange is what keeps us together and that's what's sustainable Mm -hmm. right it's saying we are human beings we have issues we have we have all kinds of shit in our background you know Mm -hmm. um my 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 owner like i said mentioned before he's definitely a survivor of some very Mm -hmm. terrible abuse and Mm -hmm. um and was raised as a nazi by nazis and so the question of whether or not his desires stem from that his theory being If his parents, if his ancestors, if the people who were perpetrating these horrors had had the ability to explore their sexuality more fully as an integrated Mm -hmm. part of their lives, maybe they wouldn't have felt the need to do that fucked up shit to other people, Mm -hmm. (laughs) non-consensually.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. We don't create much space for... I don't know, sitting in feelings like sadism and yeah. things that like are also fun to experience in little containers. Absolutely. Know? We don't and talk about that.
2: We don't talk about it, but then we do things like have fifth, like I just watched last night a bunch of like fail videos, right? <laughs> and I realized mm-hmm. I was like, this is sadism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're watching people get hurt and laughing. Personally, like I could watch an hour of, of nutshots. Like I can watch <laughs> people with balls being hit in them <laughs> indefinite amount of time. <laughs> Mm -hmm. don't even care Mm -hmm. fucking most hilarious thing ever there's entire (laughs) for those of you who share this let me just let you know go look up just like these japanese game shows where it's just all about people getting it in the balls which i love (laughs) (laughs) this is awesome right um and that's acceptable like that's on youtube and that's fine yeah we can watch people in pain over and over and over and over again and that's fine but Mm -hmm. consensually causing someone pain for whom that is something that they want to engage with consensually and of their own volition suddenly that's perverted i'm like i think Mm -hmm. you watching 25 minutes of fails is actually also pretty freaky
1: yeah how many how many jackass movies are out at this (laughs) point (laughs) right that that is just a a platonic kink polycule that's that's what they're doing (laughs) over there (laughs) That's fine
0: yeah yeah yeah. And they'll be like, you're the one making it weird. Cause you're making it about sex. And yeah, sometimes we are, but like a lot of kink is not really about sex. And like, that's okay
1: too. Right. It's about experiencing these things in these intentional containers.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and what's the, the best thing about that is then you can have that psychodrama, you can have that excitement in a way that is actually emotionally healthy and safe mm-hmm. and delightful
3: Mm-hmm. and it
2: can it can be fucked up and it can be dark but could also be very fun and very silly. Yeah. Right? Like all of that is in there and it can be that at the same fucking time.
1: Yeah. You know,
2: yeah. like one of the most intense scenes I did um that was a race play based scene at one point, you know, this 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 person started beating me with a bible and I was like
3: hey. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Meanwhile, I just like had the shit kicked out of me for like an hour, but like that took me right back into like oh my god, this is so silly. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like or yeah. the or the or the time that a friend of mine was doing this uh, again, it was one of the like eight maybe race placings I've done, and he mm-hmm. had gone to the racial slur database, oh my God <laughs> because he couldn't think of enough stuff to call me. <laughs> so was, like, finding stuff
1: out of the backlog, yeah, but... yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. he's like he went to the catalog, so like you know, I got like pickanininny and like porch monkey, and I was just like, it's very hard to keep a straight face. And then finally, at one point, like, after, like, all this terrible abuse has happened, and I'm, like, on the floor crying, covered in, like, all sorts of bodily fluids, and he uh-huh. has this, like, boot on my chest, and it's, like, ah evil white guy. And he looks down, and he's, like, menacing because you know, bitch, you're only worth three-fifths of a fucking
3: vote. <laughs>
1: wow. and I was, like, what, what? How is that? That's your finishing line? <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> And he, like, he
2: got super frustrated and was, like, this shit is hard. And I like. <laughs> know how hard it is to come up with this stuff? So I'm, like, I'm crying fucking laughing on the corner. Everyone who has been, like, fucked up by the scene is now, like, sitting on the floor of the dungeon, like, rocking back and forth and wailing. Because it was so crazy. And then uh, uh, some other people are like, why is this funny? And I'm like, oh, God, someone explain <sighs> to this <laughs> motherfucker, like, American history, okay. Yeah, um, yeah. But this is the thing. A scene went from the darkest, most fucked up shit you could possibly imagine... Too hilarious in one mm-hmm. sentence, mm-hmm. and 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 this is what I stressed to people. I was like, that laughter was so healing and so amazingly, ridiculously, uh, 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 eye-opening to me.
1: Mm-hmm. When I, I was like, oh my god, being, yeah, this could cathartic be cathartic and connective.
2: Yes, yeah, it was hilarious, and I was like, and it showed me how ridiculous racism is.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it helped me to heal to a point where I was like, this is stupid. I feel mm-hmm. bad for someone who believes this. Like, are you seriously walking through your life like this?
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: And and I credit that with helping me to get to the point where my opinion, so the next time I experienced flagrant racism, you know, I was getting on a bus and there was some unhoused person who was panhandling and I was mm-hmm. broke, so I said, sorry, dude, I, I got nothing. And mm-hmm. as I get on the fucking bus, he starts screaming at me. He's like, that's just what I would fucking expect. I'm a fucking nigger. And like, everyone in the bus is like, because <gasps> like the door was open and the bus driver staring and like the people in the front of the bus are looking. And I turned around and I said, sir, you are not going to be successful in your panhandling endeavors with that kind of attitude. <laughs> and everyone on the bus is like,
3: yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and I sat down and I was like, I wouldn't have been able to do that 10 years ago. Yeah. 10 years prior to that right mm-hmm. the fact is i was just like this person even in his disadvantaged state is still has that hate in his heart mm-hmm. you came to me f- to ask for money and then you're gonna call me you're gonna drop n-bombs on yeah. my mom's and me Woo! i just was like i pity you and so i moved from hatred and retaliatory feelings to pity i mm-hmm. was like i just feel sorry for you losers fucking peace you're like oh sad i hope you recover
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because
2: I know people who have recovered from racism, and mm-hmm. they can work towards that. And what they'll tell you is, it's an ongoing fucking process,
3: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: and it's one that they are happy to do because they see where the way they were raised was 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 wrong and damaging and sick.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like. So this is. In a slightly lighter way, but not entirely. I, it's making me think a lot about how we often talk on the show, and just I talk in general about how kink is grown-up play. Yes. It is, serve, which sounds frivolous, but serves like the the scientific, biological, social function that play mm-hmm. ch- serves for children. Exactly. We, we, tr- we get to be creative, we get to connect, we get to try on feelings in, like, mm-hmm. the little 10, 20, 30, 40% version of that yes. feeling in a safe little container and, like, understand what experiencing that feeling feels like and, like, feel it in the way that we want to, mm-hmm. which prepares us to better do that shit out in the world where exactly. it's going to happen to us in containers that we didn't create. Exactly. Right? That's exactly and, like, right. Mm-hmm. everything we're doing in creating our scenes and in having them and in discussing them afterwards, like, I feel like it just prepares us in general for the rest of the world, which mm-hmm. is why I can prefer, prefer to spend time with kinksters than <laughs> everyone else. Cause it just comes with this kind of intention yes. that not everyone is used to putting into the things that they do.
2: Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. The intentionality, the, the, the purposefulness Mm -hmm. You know, and the acknowledging Mm -hmm. of the darkness and Mm -hmm. the fucked up aspects and celebrating them rather than feeling that they need to be pushed away or pushed back. Like Mm -hmm. take out the demon, take them for a walk. Yeah. See what they want to do, see who they're biting, see who they're tearing apart and then lovingly reabsorb that energy and move on with your life. And it is incredibly assistive in the rest of your life. I am Mm -hmm. a much I, I became a much better employee after i started dealing with uh ds and ms stuff because Mm -hmm. i advocated for myself
3: Mm -hmm.
2: in ways that i had such a hard time doing previously Mm -hmm. and i was far more ready to say this is what i'm worth this is my value these are my boundaries
3: Mm -hmm. and that's
2: it and if it's not acceptable for you i will find another job yeah yep that's it like I was not I was not putting up with bullshit anymore so people who have the idea that being a slave means you're a pushover I'm like 180 degrees from that you will not successfully be a servant in a consensual relationship if you are a pushover
3: mm-hmm.
2: you will not you will not succeed period I don't I don't see any way around that yeah. you must be adept at maintaining your boundaries you must in my opinion abide by the the prime directive which is mm-hmm. it is a slave's primary and first responsibility to protect the property up to and including from the master or owner themselves that's Mm -hmm. your first job Mm -hmm. and the elegance of that statement i carried with me to the rest of my life nothing else matters if my shit is not on point Mm -hmm. nothing Mm -hmm. i have to do my shit first because otherwise i can't do anything else Mm
3: -hmm. on an
2: airplane you get this message you get prime directive messaging on an airplane put your mask on first I don't mm-hmm. care if there's a child sitting next to you turning blue. Put your mask on first. <laughs> yeah. Because if you're fucked up, you're not going to be any good to that kid. You're not going to yeah. be any good to anyone. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> the prime directive is the direct thing I quote when I'm talking about this. Um, yeah. but and like I also because I also am a Star Trek nerd, but and also because it's <laughs> better. Um but um yeah, I like similarly and in an extension of that also in in a way that has helped me think about it is that like when I am a submissive I I want to be their favorite toy but I, if, if if I let them break their favorite toy they can't play with it anymore. This thing, right? Like I need a check engine light, I need a like <laughs> I need something to report what's actually going on and to show up like fully to the relationship, which is why the you know People who come to this like, I'm down for anything. I like anything. I, you could do whatever to me, are like, get nowhere. And also are just the most boring people to talk to. Like, that is the biggest <laughs> red flag I see across everything. It is,
2: because they have done no introspection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is the thing, you know. And this is like so much of what drove me to want to avail myself to other people is that people jump into this thinking they're just going to do whatever someone else wants, or, mm-hmm. or 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 they're just going to find a legion of hungry subs who throw themselves at their feet, right? right. And the reality is uh, the ones who are throwing themselves at your feet in that manner are probably not the ones you want to be playing with, <laughs> uh-huh. right? <laughs> and it, it, it doesn't show the self-awareness that I feel is absolutely vital.
3: Yeah.
2: You know, and and... Yeah if the point of you doing DS or MS is that you literally have no will or desire of your own and you genuinely don't care, why are you bothering?
3: Yeah. Right.
2: Right. Like, why are you doing this? If you don't care, You're like, yeah. do whatever. I'm like, okay, so you have no desires. You just came here to have anyone do whatever. And right. then I'm like, and then I send those people towards like the truly evil sadists I know. Yes. And then they figure out real fast that, like, getting their head shaved was maybe not on the agenda. (laughs) Or having a bag of bees wrapped around their genitals was maybe not on their agenda.
1: (laughs) That's the thing. Like, if you tell me you have no boundaries, what you're actually telling me is that you lack the creativity you would need to have a good time playing with me. If you can't think of something that would not be okay, like... We play in different circles, my friend. Cause like the way I play, I need to tap dance along my boundaries. So I need to know them like real well. Cause that's, what's fun. It
2: doesn't make any fucking sense. I'm like, seriously, there's a, there's so much shit people can do. That's not even harmful, right? Like the head shaving thing is the best example. You know, If someone shakes my head, I'm like, I don't care. My head is gorgeous. Look at it. It's amazing. <laughs> 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 not a lump to be seen at the perfect round. Like I'm like, not so bad. But for lots of people, like having their hair cut off would impact their capacity to earn a living, for example. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, mm-hmm. like it's very serious or, mm-hmm. you know, you can say you want to do whatever. But do you really want to have be in a in a in a in a body bag tied up with Enya playing for two hours while you chew on tinfoil? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Because i seen that shit go down yeah. with someone who wasn't smart.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and the other side of that, like, you talk about things that aren't harmful and things. Like, I don't know, the other side of that, as a person who likes to suffer... The long list of things that are on that list that will make me suffer that are totally harmless, that are not, like, you're yes. smearing mud on me, and I am a miserable, just ball of Virgo, like, when can
2: I shower? Oh my god, like, sticky Vicky. hands, man, someone did, I, I actually stayed for out of a scene where someone was, like, just put, like, put, like, honey on one hand and then oh. rubbed my hands together, and I was, like, uh. I was, like, a fucking, like, pterodactyl for, like, <laughs> I was, like, ah!
0: <laughs> Melina, thank you so, so much for sharing with us your, your advice, thank your wisdom, you. this your was stories. Uh, I would love if you could tell our listeners where they can find you and the kink doula and anything else you want to shout out.
2: Absolutely. Well, I invite you to check out uh deb, dot And on there you can sign up for the mailing list and get a free class so you can check out what the fuck I have to say. And we're also uh, just open registration a couple days ago for three retreats that I'm doing in the UK, two in Scotland and one in England. Uh, that's happening over the summer, so you can peep that if you're like, you know, what I could use a trip to Scotland, <laughs> <laughs> or if you're listening from Scotland and you're like, <laughs> <laughs> or one a-
1: Scot listener is like, hey, <laughs>
2: <laughs> how dare you? Um, and I also have a podcast called All That and Mo, and you can find All That and Mo on everywhere podcasts are potted podcasted podcasted
0: <laughs>
1: served <laughs> Where <the voices> exist <laughs>
0: yeah. it's great highly recommend yes thank you i've been kate sloan i have a sex blog at girlyjuice.net i have two books out 101 kinky things even you can do and 200 words to help you talk about sexuality and gender i'm on twitter and instagram
1: at girly underscore juice and where's your stuff I'm Billy. You can find all my porn and information about my workshops and all the other things I do over at BillyLore.com. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram, at BillyLore on Twitter and at BillyLore underscore on Instagram, where you can come hang out and see this thing that I do. Together we're the Dildorks. We're at thedildorks.com and at thedildorks on Twitter and Instagram. We're also at patreon.com slash thedildorks where you can throw some money at us and help us, you know, feed ourselves, pay our rent, keep doing this this job that we do that is quite fun and helped us meet one of our idols. That was fucking neat. Anyway. (laughs) That was so great. That was so fucking cool. You also get bonuses for subscribing to us. $6 a month gets you a Discord. $12 a month gets you bonus episodes. I am going to be talking all about that 10-person orgy that I mentioned earlier uh, on this upcoming bonus episode. Probably, I think it was nine people. I might be exaggerating. <sighs> but I'll be telling you all about the, the, the copious amounts of trans men I fucked that, even, that afternoon uh, over on the bonus episode, plus some other fun stuff, I'm sure. Something interesting will happen between now and then. Oh, and we're recording in the same place. Anyway, your turn. Yeah,
0: we're going to be recording the next bonus in person, which is always fun. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to say thank you to our top tier Patreon supporters, Nat, Amy, Argo, Amelia, Stabatha Christie, and MB. We really appreciate your support. Thank you also to Protodome, who did our theme song. Thank you to Amy, who did our logo. Thank you to our wonderful guest today, Melina Williams-Haas. And thank you to you for listening. Until next time, folks. Get out there and live your sexy dorky life.
3: Bye. Bye.
1: Channy said I was meeting a mentor today, so anyway, Molina should be my best friend. It's fine.
2: Awesome. And how long do we have? So I know how. <laughs> how much to shut up or not. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. That was really lovely. Thank you so much for having me. It was super oh, great.
1: Yeah, it was See really, really fun having you on. Feel better. Hopefully. Thank you. you too hard. We'll talk to you soon. Fingers crossed. All right, yeah. bye-bye. Bye. Bye.